0: Hi there, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast Pandemic Edition. There have been a lot of
1: changes for everyone this past year, and that goes for us too. For one thing, we're stoked to join forces with The Period Network, an awesome crew of women making great podcasts, and supporting each other in the process. As we get ready to put out
0: brand new episodes a little later this year, we wanted to share a few episodes that we already had in the can.
1: These were recorded before the world ended, so you won't hear us talk about the pandemic. But you will get a great conversation with a great comedian about their craft. So please enjoy these audio time capsules while you look forward to brand new episodes of Comedy Girl Crush.
0: Hi there, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush. I'm Katie Dawson.
1: I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is Hannah Williams. She's a writer an actress, a storyteller, and you can see her mostly at the Pack Theater in Los Angeles with her monthly shows, Stop Breaking Down, which is a storytelling show with mostly sad stories, as well as her sketch team, Dreamboat, and her improv team, Fussy. Hannah, it's so good to have you. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh. Super excited to have you on. Talk about what you're up to. Get to know you a little bit more.
1: Find out how you got to where you are. There and back again where if. everyone should strive to be
0: yes. <laughs> exactly where you are Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh you're no relation to Hannah Williams the R&B musician. Oh my god, is there? Yeah, we uh, <laughs> I like googled Hannah Williams. <laughs> And this woman pops up who like looks like she could be in your family and there was like a moment where we were like, wait, what is that her? Was she an R&B singer? We thought or- you had a secret R&B
0: career for a second. Yeah, oh, I, I wish. Like, Oh, wow, well, did,
1: did Hannah like lose a shit ton of weight and then get into comedy? That seems like the opposite of what you do. <laughs> Usually you lose weight and get into music. Well,
2: it is like a, a common name that it bugs me whenever I find that. That out. Like uh, I was on I was shooting like a music video, not my R and B music video. But <laughs> I, I got cast like in this music video. I was meeting all these people and we were like trying to find each other on Facebook to connect. And it's like we didn't have anyone in common so it didn't know who to pull up and I put my name in. there's was just like fifty Hannah Williams, like even in just LA. I'm like so ordinary.
0: <laughs> oh but the music video. I'm just curious.
2: It was Rachel Mints, I believe. Oh. She's just it, it was it's a music video called The Fraud. We were all kind of stalkers watching like her inside her house. Ooh. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got Ooh. cast apparently based on my expressive eyes. Which <laughs> you do have you extremely have expressive have eyes. Large eyes. <laughs> Great for podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't see this listeners, but uh, Hannah is doing all sorts of things with her eyes. She just turned into Mr. Bean
2: <laughs> for a second. Oh, now she's Christopher Walken. Mm, yes, <laughs> like as the uh, what the SNL character that he did. Oh, the, the Continental. Oh, the Continental. Yes. yes. yes.
1: Oh, that actually brings me to my first question, which, well, it's sort of a a statement. So you are a person who does a lot of things in comedy. You not only do improv and sketch comedy and writing and acting and stand up and storytelling. Mm -hmm. Right. Is there anything in comedy that you don't do? Do you have a
2: podcast? I do. I don't have a podcast. I actually don't do stand up. Oh, wait, that's I thought like, you did yeah. do stand up. No, oh my gosh. I think, um, I, it's but you been do like, storytelling. I do storytelling. So I feel like that kind of blends a little bit. Maybe that's but, what I'm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, stand up has always been one of those things that I want to do only because it's it scares the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I should try that but it's, I always psych myself out about it. And like storytelling is nice because you can breathe a little bit more and you're you're just kind of talking about yourself and you do have to craft jokes like in the, I mean, if you're telling a funny story, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit more breathing room that makes it easier for me to do.
0: <laughs> that's what I, I, I kind of do both. And I like, that's the thing that I like the most about storytelling is like the pressure for a laugh line is a lot less yeah expectation for laughter is a lot less and it's Mm -hmm. sort of more like a nice surprise when there is a joke I think in a story yeah
1: (laughs) I'm I'm sort of in the same camp as you with that where I really enjoy storytelling Mm -hmm. but stand-up is still very
2: frightening for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the I think it's like the final frontier of comedy for me I think once I start doing that I'll be like okay I feel like I've I've hit it all. I, I, I don't have a great voice, so I don't do a lot of musical comedy either. I guess that's mm. my one other thing.
1: <laughs> did you know? always know that you wanted to do comedy? Was there a point in your life where you were like, oh, this is this is the thing?
2: Yeah, i I always liked being funny when I was younger, and I did do theater. But I started taking classes at Second City in Chicago. Is that where you're from? I kind of moved around a lot as a kid, but I went to college at Loyola in Chicago. Okay, Yeah, so that's where I ended up for my 20s. And uh, I was working at a law firm. Like I graduated in the recession and I I needed a job. So I just took a a receptionist position at a law firm. And I worked in law firms for four years. And I had like a lot of friends that would tell me like, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Tina Fey on 30 Rock like you remind me of Liz Lemon I would get that so often that I was like you know what I'm in Chicago why aren't I trying to capitalize a little bit on that obviously Mm -hmm. I have some funny bone in me and I hate working in law firms this is terrible (laughs) so I started taking I took a sketch comedy class at Second City and it's just gone from there so you started with sketch
1: comedy yes what was it about sketch that was the thing that made you excited about
2: well, I did study film in college. And I I liked writing and scenes. And I loved Saturday Night Live growing up too. So it, it, it was like, getting to just do these very big like bursts of laughter and like just trying to be funny line for line for line because like 30 Rock was a huge um, show for me. And it's kind of the style that I still point myself in now as Just, far like, as writing. It's packed
0: full of jokes. Yeah. Just I'm, joke on top.
2: Joke. The density of jokes mm-hmm. on yeah. that show yeah. like, per page is insane. And um, yeah, I think doing sketch, that was a great way for me to incorporate if I wanted to write for TV or film to make sure that I was really figuring out how to write a scene really well. Because you have like... Your five-page, you got to be concise. You got to hit your beats of it, and um, I really liked the density of that and and getting as much funny as I could out of it. So.
0: When did you um, start doing improv?
2: Uh, I actually followed up sketch at Second City doing. I I did improv. You ran and an a,
0: improv show at Second City, right? Uh,
2: oh. no, I, I had a, sketch, oh, you had a team. sketch team. Yeah, um, I did. I ran. Through their program and I auditioned for conservatory and just like ate it and and I was still I'm not a very confident person so still like building it up and I was like all right this is I can't I can't do this this is terrible I had um, a teacher there I remember he was talking about performing arts and like he was a uh, in recovery and so he'd liken them to drugs and that, that was his way his way of being sober and still getting a drug. And he's like, if You think about like maybe singing is like weed and you know, like <laughs> being in a sketch is something else. He's like, but uh, improv is like heroin. It's just that like oh, hit of adrenaline that you get. And I was like, I don't like heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so I like stepped back from it and enjoyed doing the writing. And then I really didn't do improv again until like a year ago. Uh, I started getting back into it when oh, I was wow. here in L.A. and started doing it at the Pack. So the, that's the Pack Theater uh, in
1: Hollywood, <laughs> Santa Monica to, Boulevard. To those of you who are not in Los Angeles, um, <laughs> you said something that made me go, "Oh, I'm interested in that." And that is that you professed yourself as not a confident person. Yes. I'm do you not. feel like that fuels you in what you do? Are you? How do you overcome? you see yourself as not confident. How do you
2: overcome that? Uh, Still trying to figure that one out. I honestly, just very recently, um, I feel like I was listening to an interview or read an interview with Eddie Murphy. And he was talking about like, you, you have, this is such a like cliched phrase, but for some reason it hit me really hard when I read it recently. It's like, you have to believe in yourself. Nobody else is going to believe in you. So like, you got to start there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've spent all of my years pretty much not believing in myself, but just trying to like push through that. And I think hearing that, I was like, you know what? Just fuck it. Everyone is lying their way through life like we're all just bsing and why can't i be one of those people too so i think i'm just kind of i'm a perfectionist so i'm allowing myself to fail a lot more and in weirdly enough through allowing myself to fail it kind of builds my confidence yeah for sure yeah Yeah. Yeah, the more you
1: figure out that failing is not going to kill you it's only Mm going to make you stronger you can learn from your failures like i like when i go into an audition
0: room and i just bomb like i walk away from it with like a new understanding of what not to do the next time yeah Yeah. every time
2: and it's like uh, a lot of my writing it took me a while to even show that to people and this is when i was a lot younger and and it, it comes from that perfectionism of like it has to be right the first time, cause I, I, it has to be perfect. And and then going through and putting enough stuff forward where people are giving me notes, feedback, and all that. And I realize like how great it can become if I do listen to that. And that you know we're not necessarily just like born with oozing with talent like it's built and and you have to listen to other people and I think that that all feeds into my my growing confidence of getting there
1: good (laughs) that's awesome yeah which by the way you are very talented thank you (laughs) um I feel like you've only I've only known you now for like I don't know a year Mm -hmm. and you have already in our little little safe burg of the community uh, that is the pack theater i feel like you've already gained this respect and admiration from people who have watched your work and and from me as well and seeing you and you being consistently very good and continuing
2: to go out there and try out new things like that's very admirable thank you i mean like and and being surrounded with such talented people like we are in our community too like is a constant push and like i always say that i I would rather be, at this point now, I didn't always feel this way, but I'd rather be like the least talented person in a room surrounded by my peers because, I mean, maybe not the least talented. Maybe like <laughs> second to last. <laughs> but, like, like, but you want to surround yourself with really talented, funny, smart people. Yes. Because you're a sponge. You're going to like absorb all of that. And um, I think the Pack Theater is full of that and and in a way too that it's small enough still that we do get to know each other really well and feed off of each other and, and it's a good community
0: yeah mm. That's- and it's cool because you, I think that like going to back to what you're talking about right now, just surrounding yourself with people that like, you know, are super talented. You do a lot of producing, which mm. puts you in a cool position to like promote people that you find talented or that you want to showcase. Which, I, How did you get into the, like the producing element of it? And-
2: Uh, I think the first show I started producing at the Pack is Stop Breaking Down, which is mostly funny stories about being sad. And that's our storytelling show that I do with Nick Pupo and Travis Alvarez. And um, that was something where I moved to L.A. And the first thing I did was storytelling when I got here because my roommate was into it. And so she would take me to open mics. And I was like, I like this. This is Mm. fun. (laughs) um, And then... Uh Nick reached out uh, to just looking for people to do it, to co-produce. And I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. I'd love to do it. And one of the joys that I get so much is just there's so many people like I don't know. It opens up the doors to such a wider community that um, with three of us booking, it's not just me doing it where it's people I know. I get to meet like all these new talents and uh, the really nice thing about that show is it, we want people to be super vulnerable, and we try to cultivate this really open, welcoming space for all of them. And um, there was a a stand up that we had last month. Her name was her name's Dewey Love it, and I talked to her. She said I could share this. So, <laughs> um, but she told a story about when um, she was gonna commit suicide and and she was just like at her end and um she ended up calling a suicide hotline and it was one of the funniest stories I've heard like she hit every beat she was so smart self-deprecating and the audience was on the floor laughing and I was like this is it like that's why I do this show like I want to meet people like this and I want to hear those experiences and like you know, we're all going through hard times here. So um, getting to, to hear people come out the other side of it, and be stronger and be that much better for it. It mm. just it, it's uh, contagious, and it makes me feel better, too. So producing that show's been awesome. And from there, um, you know, producing is something i like to think of as like a tool as opposed to something i i love doing yeah like it's it's great to meet people and it really puts me into like a business brain as opposed to purely like trying to function on creativity all the time and and talent and and also letting other people shine because when you produce you're not always like front and center Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i guess i I love getting to see that too.
0: I I love the concept for that show, your show, because I think being vulnerable, especially for stand-ups, is like really hard. And so when you see someone doing it, it's so special and like magical. And there's something so beautiful about that in Mm -hmm. that format where people are usually sort of guarded and they're presenting a character and they're trying to like... You know what I mean? I think not all comedians have a character, but everyone sort of has their stand-up presence. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of sort of like breaking that down is
2: awesome.
1: Yeah. Or stop Stop, stop breaking breaking that down.
2: (laughs) down. Uh, See what you did. uh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) My my thing with like vulnerability in comedy for me (laughs) – Bees like, I, I worry that I'm like, is this tragedy porn? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, is this uh. just like, do I love vulnerable comedy more than other comedy? Like, I prefer vulnerable anything to like observational. Mm-hmm. Like, you telling us about that comedian about like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, committing suicide. Okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> like, how... Do you do you ever find yourself in that position where you're like, mm, is this too? Is this too much? Am I am I uh, am I exploiting? Absolutely.
2: This? I I think I pinpointed in my mid twenties that I think I was addicted to drama in my life oh. as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but I I realized that I think I was I. It's funny because being in L.A. now, I have a lot of friends who have told me like when I do open up to them, they're like, I didn't realize you were sad or I, I, you know, I've never seen this side of you. And thank you for sharing and all that. But I think it comes from in my 20s. I told everyone my business, like oh. every friend of mine. I would talk ad nauseum about like boy troubles, issues going on in my life and I think I, I when I realized that I'm like shit, I need to stop doing this um, because I think I I'm it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like, I like the attention that I'm getting from, from expounding about all of this bullshit in my life. And it was addictive. And so I sort of started to clam up. And I think moving to a new city also does that as well, because you don't have those close relationships that you had with people back then. So uh, yeah, I think that it, I being in my 30s now, it makes me a little more self aware of like, don't go down that road. Everyone doesn't need to know every single detail about <laughs> your life. Like, you don't need to create this drama. And uh, so it is, it's hard to kind of pick what is suitable, what's enough, what do people want to hear and kind of tuning, fine tuning that voice in your head that is like, what, Boop. stop, go, what should I say? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... When did you move to Los Angeles and what made you move here? Oh, I moved uh, at a very weird time in America. Um, I moved here in the beginning of uh, October 3rd, 2016. I moved, drove cross country with my friend uh, from Chicago to LA. And um, I remember the Cubs were like going through their... um, they were in the playoffs, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> and I would go to bars by myself because I didn't know anybody yet. And um, I I got very excited when they won. I ended up watching the World Series um, on the behind the scenes of a film set or a TV show. It was um, that show I Love Dick, um, <laughs> and it was because I was coming home from work on my bike and i was going to this bar in burbank that's a chicago bar and i was like i can watch it there and they were filming in it and i was like oh my god i'm gonna miss it and they let me watch like because they were watching on an iphone uh at craft services oh! <laughs> and they let me watch because i was wearing a cubs shirt and like i was crying when they won and this girl who was back there was like my God, like, I didn't care about this game, but just watching you is making me, like, (laughs) really invested. And I was like, this is great. Like, what a great welcome to L.A. story. And then a week later, the election happened, and Mm. I genuinely, like, went through a period of, I don't know if you guys felt this too, like, I was like, I'm here to do comedy, and it's the last thing I feel like doing. And also, I write, like, my writing style was very much like i had a a really great spec script with broad city that i was using and uh for submissions and it was very much kind of in in that comedy vein of like this is like being silly about my regular life and that felt unnecessary mm. at that point like nobody wants to hear that and um i think even the girls of broad city said that too like they had a hard time writing in a like post-Trumpian world and so it did kind of make me shift from like Obama era, fun, lighthearted nonsense to trying to figure out how to write now where like the world's going to shit. (laughs) How do you write around that? And I think I finally have found a balance now um, of being true to myself uh, and how I wanna write but you know, not being so blase, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I struggle with it too just in terms of like writing stand-up jokes, especially right after he won. It's like... Mm -hmm you don't want to talk about it because nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody wants to be reminded mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Like it made it you. So it made it really difficult to talk about politics, which is usually what you do talk about in mm-hmm. up. I don't know. It was a really. And then if it was, if you weren't talking about politics, yeah, it felt like a a waste of time. Yeah. It's like, this is, yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. I still, I still have a hard time with it where like, you know, things have calmed down a lot, but I will like, I'll look through my Twitter feed and be like, the fuck am I talking about like <laughs> I'm talking about my shits like, <laughs> literally my shit like ugh. but then you at some point I feel like a lot of people a lot of comedians went through this of realizing at some point we have to give ourselves permission yeah. to be silly and be goofy and not talk about it because we're being bombarded all the time mm-hmm. that sometimes we just need something mundane
2: like what your shit looks like i don't know yeah i mean people still need to laugh and they definitely need a laugh that's a break from the political stuff too and and the drudgery of the world is ending and like and and all this horrible stuff so i mean it is obviously now it's three and a half years later like so there's some normalcy that's and created in the world now, but um, it it definitely was like a soul searching thing. I think like immediately when that happened and I got here, I was like, "All right, I, I need to do something else with my life because I I don't feel like laughing at all, and that's what depression is." Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like, "Ugh."
2: So, what did you do?
1: How did you get find your way back?
2: Uh storytelling was for me like that was really helpful while I like I was still being creative while I I wasn't creating brand new things. I was just talking about myself and trying to craft those kinds of stories because they're so true. And and I don't really have to like, create these totally different worlds. Um So I think I did that for like a year before I really found coming back into sketch like I was doing classes at UCB. And Um, it wasn't fully clicking for me. And then somehow I, I ended up at the pack and I think that was mm, like a little over a year after I moved here. And, um, the stuff I was submitting was getting really positive feedback and, and it was having like little slight commentary on things. And then also just being in rooms with people who were doing really goofy, silly shit too. Mm-hmm. And um, and realizing like, all right, I'm in classes right now. I need to get on a stage. Like i am got to get up there. Like I'm itching for it. And um, yeah, it just finally kind of fell into place. And uh, yeah.
0: Why did you decide to leave Chicago?
2: Uh, So I ended up, um, I took like, I had like this breakdown at work and quit my job. I was waiting tables at the time. And it had more to do with like my personal life. But Mm. um, I quit my job and I took my savings and spent like a month traveling the West Coast. And I bought like a one-way ticket to Vancouver. (laughs) And I told myself, I was like... I'm going nowhere. Like, I was doing some comedy stuff in Chicago, but I wasn't focusing enough on it. Cause it's a little bit harder, I think, there to really immerse yourself in than here. Like, everyone you meet here is yes, <laughs> trying yeah. to make it happen. And I, in Chicago, like, I had comedy friends, but it's definitely a little more like I have a friend who's an accountant and I'm <laughs> like right. these, and it's kind of all over the place. And, I I felt really trapped, and I didn't see a future for myself in Chicago. So when I took that trip, I knew my last destination was gonna be Los Angeles. And I was like, all right, if LA meets the very low expectations that I have for it as a place, like, I'll move there. And it did. Um, On behalf of Los Angeles, we thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, So I I got back to Chicago at the end of that trip, and I spent a year working in another restaurant, working my savings back, and um, eventually came out here, yeah, uh, just a year and a month after all of that, so.
0: Cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's very cool, and such like a cool, like, all right, I'm gonna do it, just like take that leap,
2: Yeah, it was, I also had, like, there was a a guy that I felt like I needed to get away from, like, not in (laughs) a weird, like, not in a really bad way. It was just a mental, like, unrequited love guy who was in a relationship, but, like, had me emotionally attached to him, and, like, it it was a little rough, so I was like, I physically can't be in this city anymore (laughs) either, like... I have anxiety all the time. So I came out here and had new anxiety.
1: <laughs> a whole fresh yeah. batch. The so,
2: sunshiny kind. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you like it here?
2: I do. I actually, so when I got out here, um, I started to really fall in love with the outdoors. And coming from the Midwest, hiking isn't a thing, really. Yeah. Like I would ride my bike up and down Lakeshore Drive. I go for like little walks and stuff. But Coming out here, I really fell in love with the fact that I was like, oh, my God, there's mountains, there's water, there's desert, there's forests, like everything. Mm -hmm. And I got really into like hiking, backpacking, camping, stuff like that. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, you know, even if comedy doesn't work out for me, like being on the West Coast is just awesome, guys. Like (laughs) like, It is – it just – it it's done a lot like obviously i still have anxiety and issues and things but it does help a lot when you're not you know stuck inside in winter for you know six months out of the year like there would be times it would snow in may or june in chicago <laughs> oh like gosh. a weird random yeah. one yeah and um i i do i i told a friend of mine when she moved out here uh we met at second city in chicago And she moved out here like a year and a half after I did. And she was having trouble at first and was kind of depressed about it. I was like, the thing you have to do is stop comparing L.A. to any other city because it's not the same. And once you start just appreciating it for what it is, you're going to like it a lot more. And she said she did.
0: Oh, that's literally what I tell everybody. I love to hear you say that, because that's exactly what I tell people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not New York. It's not Chicago. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have, like, cool, like, oh, I stumbled upon this, like, weird bar, like, on a walk, (laughs) like, (laughs) moment. You're just not going to have that moment. You do kind of have to know where you're going and, Mm -hmm. like, drive there. But, yeah, it's, like... I mean, I'm from Southern California. I can't imagine what it must be like to be stuck inside six months out of the year. Like yeah. I can't like wrap my head around not being able to go outside.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's
0: like such a luxury here. It it's is such a beautiful luxury.
2: And it's like, I mean, my roommate uh, was sitting out, I was writing inside today, but he was sitting out on the porch writing, like, because it was just gorgeous outside. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, this is, it's February. This is amazing. But it's funny, like, when I, I remember when I first moved here, I was living in Koreatown and I was like, all right, I'm just going to, like, explore my neighborhood. And I started walking and I ended up very quickly on a street with just bungalows. And I was like, what? I want to find a random cool bar. I want to yeah. find like, a, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> what is going on? Like you just, it is so different and things aren't like built up, they're built out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can't, you look at a map and you're like, oh, that's not very far. And then you do like Google Maps and it's like an hour and a half with traffic. Yeah. It's like, uh. yeah. <laughs> so it, it it's a bit of a change, but I feel like, Here, I have so much more that I'm working on for myself. And in Chicago, I felt very meandering. And it's also a big drinking city. So it's like, I didn't realize I had possibly an issue with alcohol until I moved out here. Mm. And I went the first like three weeks I was here, I didn't drink at all. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't done that since I was of legal drinking. (laughs) 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 Like, that's insane. I'm used to just like drinking all the time because there's 4am bars all over the place right, and um, yeah. but people are so focused on their careers here like it's yeah
0: also the bars close at 2 and mm-hmm. you gotta you. I mean bef- and you, and you gotta to be out by everywhere. Two. oh yeah they're, and they're like lights on it too like embarrass you yeah two. like
1: take your drink out of your hand <laughs> literally that's happened really? <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a friend get the cops called on them for that oh my she god she was dang. like she was like don't touch it <laughs> <laughs> like you're drunk like, now <laughs> so i have a question for you <laughs> what is your ultimate goal like what's your thing that i'm like ah yes i want that's what i would like to
2: do <laughs> Uh, I think, like, coming kind of full circle is going back to, like, Tina Fey is um, kind of like an ideal uh, career goal for me. Like, I would love to be in a position where I can... Create lots of shows, and like I'm in demand, and I can also be in them, and then I can be in them however I want. If I don't want to be starring in it, like I can have a fun role that I like to play, and um, and yeah, she I think she's so just like she's smart and she's talented and funny, and she's not afraid to like put it out there that she's a Boss ass bitch, and um, that would be that would be ideal for me. I think.
1: So you want to be a boss ass bitch? I be a boss
2: ass bitch with a Mark Twain humanitarian award or whatever. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. Well,
0: <laughs> I think you're on your way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you. Do you think you're on your way? Trying. I'm trying. Um, I I got. I was actually at a point over the summer um where I was thinking of leaving comedy because kind of going back to the stuff we were talking about in the post election world I like I I wanted to do more and I'm like Ugh. like the global warming is terrible like I should have just like done something with the environment when I was in college and like maybe I just want to be a park ranger and live in Yosemite and like mm-hmm. that would be like my goal and I thought about like I looked into schools of trying to like study biology and think like go back to school and stuff. And then I actually got um a I found out I was like a semifinalist for the Nickelodeon Writers program. Yeah. And um I didn't get it, but <laughs> it was like the you know, those just weird sort of things that happen in the universe that as I'm trying to like make this decision, I'm like, I, I can't do this, I'm not going anywhere. And then I got that and I was like, I think that's like a sign. Like I need to keep pushing myself. Yeah. And so since that, I, I've i been trying to work like a lot harder in making sure like I quit my waitressing, one of my waitressing jobs. I, I work very part time now at one of them, um, but it freed up a lot of time for me. So I'm focusing a lot more on like spending time at home to write and and joining a writer's group that's like you know pushing me to and again kind of coming out of that like confidence like ooh, I don't want to show people that especially ones that I don't know but like you need to so yeah I didn't I didn't for a while like I, I I feel like I I compare myself I look at everybody else especially like even just in our theater, I'm like, there's so many people that are like better than me. And mm. I compare myself too much. And then I, I made a New Year's resolution. Like, I'm not going to compare myself to people anymore because <laughs> it's terrible and you should never do it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I now I'm just kind of like allowing myself to be on my own path. And um, it's OK that I'm where I'm at right now, because as long as I'm working to not be exactly here, in like five years, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think what's really cool about about you and sort of where you are in your career in comedy and writing is that you are in a position where you know you're talented and people are telling you you're talented. You're still working out those those years and years and years of not being confident and doubting yourself for whatever reason those things have occurred throughout the years. But what's really cool is you are finding tools to be Mm -hmm. able to get through what you perceive as your like something that's holding you back and i think that's really awesome and i think that's something our listeners can take away is that even if you're not confident in what you're doing yet that if you can find those tools to help you get through whatever it is is your barrier or what you see as your barrier then you can find the success that you're looking for
2: (laughs) and how do you guys like cope with any feelings of self-doubt that you have uh, I'm an emotional eater. <laughs> uh, no.
0: I just, I mean, I think the thing that I try to remind myself is that I have total control over how, like, the energy I put into a room, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I can control. And so if I, like, act <laughs> yeah, like I am confident, and, like, that just, like, endears people to you way more than if you, like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, like, I, I can control. That's, like, the one thing I can control is if I'm, like, you know, approachable and like seem easygoing about something, even mm-hmm. if inside yeah. I'm just like, ah, I want to die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's like one of my favorite pieces of advice I, I've ever gotten in therapy is um, you can't control how somebody else is going to re- act you can only control how you're going to react to it and that was like one of those pieces that i feel like i heard and it's like oh this is why people go to therapy (laughs) (laughs) there are pearls of wisdom that come out of it that you can actually like use in your life and um that's been like a a huge help i think and that's a great utilization of it as well
1: i do want to answer your question actually (laughs) oh yeah. yeah um there's a couple things for me uh i I feel like I, I can come off as a lot more confident than I, I feel And maybe part of it's an acting and part of it is a it's this thing that I know that even if I'm not feeling good now, like, like today I, I totally bombed an audition because I had just gotten pulled over for not taking care of something in my regist- car registration. And I was so like flustered that I like bombed that audition. And and rather than walking away from it and being like, oh man, I really fucked that up. I was just like, okay, well that was one and there's gonna be more. It, like I didn't ruin my chances mm-hmm. to succeed. And the I think though the biggest thing like my my like point in my life and doing comedy and creating that like changed me forever was I got to take Heather Ann Campbell's uh sketch and improv class with Drew Carey was in our class what? I know it was <laughs> very very um fun but something she would drill into us all the time was like don't care about looking stupid. Don't care about getting it wrong. You're dying. You're dying. You're dying. You're going to die. You are dying right now. You could die at any time. Something could happen in this building. Why give a fuck what anybody thinks? Why care? Why compare yourself to like other, like what you think you should be just like, Lo- like do the thing that you want to do and mm-hmm. that like changed me like ever since then i'm like oh if it's something i want to do then i should do it and i shouldn't be worrying about if i'm good enough or not mm-hmm. i'm still working on that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's helped i don't know it's helped me a lot
2: well it's like one of the things i feel like i realized about myself recently is i I do really care a lot about what other people think. Like mm-hmm. their opinion of me matters more than it absolutely should. And I think like once I realized that that is something that I I value too much, I knew how to like start rejecting it as an idea mm-hmm. in my head. And yeah. I was like, okay, like don't be a bitch. <laughs> like don't, don't sacrifice who you are. But also if this person doesn't like me, then, you know, I'm not, gonna be a hundred percent of everyone's like cup of tea you know like Mm -hmm. i just have to be myself because i realize that when i start letting that get in my head too much i i get into these really depressive states and i don't feel good and then that's when like my creativity starts to suffer and it's like why am i letting somebody else's opinion of me like change the like chemistry of me so much, and so that does give you like license then to be kind of whoever you want to be and what makes you feel best. And again, you know, be kind to people, be good to them. Yeah. But <laughs> also
1: take antidepressants if you need to. If yeah. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Just okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It okay. It's okay. Yeah. It is okay. Okay. Yeah um well this has been a really an awesome conversation with you i'm so excited to see where you're headed and where you are now, cause it's really awesome to get to see your work and yeah. see you on stage and it's all very exciting. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Yeah,
1: and thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. It was great to have you thank on. Thank you so
2: much for having me. This has been lovely and a wonderful experience. Ooh. Yeah, and
1: then we can see uh, see your show, Stop
2: Breaking Down. Yes, so the- Stop Breaking Down is the fourth Monday um, of every month at the PAC. Um, at nine o'clock. Uh, and this oh man, this month is it's like two weeks I think, whatever that date is, the twenty fourth. The twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh, and then I am also on a sketch comedy team at the theater, the uh, Pack Theater, as well, called Dream Boat. We have a show this Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, and that we're third Sundays every month. Cool. At eight. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Hannah.
2: Thank you, guys. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me.